on it's quinn david furness welcome to my show quinn david furness presents the beantown podcast for friday february 11th 2022 what's going on what's happening how are you my name is quinn i am the creator producer and host of this fine show hello to all my friends out there in karachi and pakistan you guys are lucky you're only what an hour or two behind the olympics i i I tell you what, man, I have officially admitted to myself, and I don't, I don't remember if I, I don't think I talked about this last week on the show. I was talking, um, I was watching a, uh, a a Twitch stream of my good friend, you, you know them from the podcast, they've been on once or twice before, Ryan Austin English, actually he's been on many times for Oscar special, but, uh, and Kristen English, and then their, their sister Lauren as well. Uh, but if you don't know, they've started streaming on Twitch, and in fact, I urge you to go uh, give them a follow. Uh, you can do what I did and create a Twitch account just so that you can follow them. They are Reek Ent, as in Reek Entertainment, are E-E-K, uh, but then E-N-T, so Rekent. Um, like Repent, but Rekent. Uh, definitely go give them a follow. But I was telling them earlier, um, I I just have, like, finally this week admitted to myself that I, I really don't give an F about the Winter Olympics. You know, it's in China, and it's not my favorite market, and it's 14 hours ahead, which is just brutal. And I'm also just realizing, especially now that you know, Sean White's done as of last night, and there's no NHL players in uh, the hockey. And uh, beyond that, I mean, there's a couple names that I just know, like tangentially, like Nathan Chen, Michaela Schifrin, uh, Lindsay Jacob Ellis. Um, who was that one? She's not in it anymore. Lindsay Vaughn. Remember when she was like the hot thing? And I don't think she ever actually won anything. It was kind of strange. But, you know, there's just like not any names that I really care about. And there are certain sports when they if I was just like watching them casually at a bar, like speed skating, for example, which actually happened last night. We were out to supper um, and there was some speed skating on TV. I was, you know, casually watching it. But it's just like beyond that, I'm just like finally, I, I don't know. I felt this pressure as a human, a very small amount of pressure, but just like as someone who likes sports and who grew up, you know, family would always watch the Olympics and we would even like tape them on VHS and stuff. You kind of feel to yourself, like, I really like, this is a big deal. It only happens once every four years. Like I should care about this, but I'm realizing this year, like I really don't, like I don't care at all. Um, and I don't really feel badly about it so i think 2024 summer olympics i always care more about they'll be they'll be in paris which i think is six hours ahead um so i i will we'll be more invested in that you know a lot of it um you know some of the like early events will start in the middle of the night but you know by the time you get to midday um i'll be awake for that and then 2026 i actually just had to google it is in milan so staying in europe and i i think that's probably seven hours ahead something like that so Again, will be tough, uh, but uh, you know what? It is what it is. But I, I, my point being, like, I don't really care about the Winter Olympics, and I'm finally like allowing myself to feel that that's perfectly normal to not care, even though I love sports and I love the concept of the Olympics. I just don't really care at all this year. And also, I feel like 
Maybe it maybe it's better. I I should go back and look, but I feel like NBC doesn't do a really good job. One at just general coverage, but two at like making the um making the Olympics accessible on like YouTube and stuff. Um I I don't know. I would assume like Peacock they're pushing a bunch of stuff there, but I don't know, man. I think I have a Peacock login, but it's not I don't pay for it and I don't really care about it and I've never like been to Peacock really. So anyways, uh that's that's what's going on. Um, you know, with Winter Olympics. I've I've seen all of ten minutes of it so far and we're what, a week a week in, so it is what it is. My name is Quinn, and listener discretion is advised when you're listening to this show. Number one, we'll occasionally use some language. Number two, this podcast is objectively terrible, but I, I'm excited to bring you a kind of a, a nice tight, maybe 30-ish minutes today, snappy and zippy. Um, the plan is to uh, give a rundown of, well, there, there's kind of three things I want to hit on. One is our Pledge Drive fundraiser. Two is some of the concerts I've been going to because it, since the last time you heard from me one week ago, I have uh, I have seen two of my favorite artists. One is an all-timer and one is a, a newer uh, thing for me. But, it, I mean, I'm so thankful slash lucky that with all you know covid and stuff like i've been able to see some artists at some fantastic venues at a reasonable price and had a just a, a fantastic time both nights which is really awesome because this year so far has just been a challenge for me there's been some personal stuff uh with just like family that's been really hard and then also just like you know you you know how it is with like working a lot and working multiple jobs and there are times when that's kind of just like whatever and you just kind of, you know, chill out and it's not bad. And then there are times where it really just kind of Fs you up the behind, if you know what I'm talking about. And this year so far, um, mostly just due to like covering for people on maternity leave, it's been that way. And uh, I'm just I can't uh, I was telling Rachel this yesterday, like. February, there's only 17 days left. Now there's 16 days left. Like it's already, or yeah, 17 days left today, Uh, 18 days left as of yesterday. But, you know, that's really exciting because I love getting into March. Um, I like spring. I like when we, uh, you know, can get into, um, you know, the, the warmer weather. The runs get less, you know, the, my, you know, and this is just winter running, but you know, I'm, I'm really, I was telling Rachel this last week, I'm really, or early this week, um, just very like mentally burned out with running. Um, and I've been proud of myself, you know, I, I've stayed healthy this winter. I've stayed on my routine, healthy, meaning I haven't like pulled a calf or something, uh, so far, knock on wood. Um, but like I've been still going out Monday through Thursday and Saturdays and yeah, my mileage is way down from, you know, my marathon days four months ago, but I think that's, I I don't feel bad about that. I'm still running about four miles a day, Monday through Thursday. And then, um, trying to, trying to get in anywhere from like a 10 K to seven and a half miles on Saturdays, which, you know, doesn't, it's not a long run, but that's still like over an hour of your time on a weekend, which is valuable. And, uh, you know, I'm not... In the summers, I wake up or I have woken up the last two summers at, you know, four or five in the morning to get my runs in because you kind of have to because it's warm. But in the winters, you don't. In winters, you have just, for me, at least fewer hours where you're awake typically. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm probably waking up at seven or eight in the morning on a Saturday going to sleep at, you know, 10 o'clock at night. So there's only, there's only 14, 15 hours in the day, something like that. So to spend 
you know, all the time to get ready, go run, come back, shower, eat, all that stuff. Like, that's a significant part of the day. My point is, I'm, I'm really proud of myself that I've kept that going. And uh, I'm just, you know, winter running is, is challenging. You know, there's the obvious things like, oh, yeah, you got to watch out for ice. And, like, there's more inclement con- conditions. Like, I ran in a blizzard a couple times last week. And uh, right now it's uh, it's gotten really wet and froze, froze over the last couple nights. So there's a lot of ice patches kind of everywhere, um, not just when you're running, but just walking on the sidewalks too. So there's that kind of, like, mental energy it takes. You can't really zone out. Um, that's, a, that's a something that is big with winter running you know when you run in nice conditions you just you can just kind of like maybe you turn on some music or something you know you just kind of chill out and zone out but the last two weeks or so with all the snow in chicago like you can't zone out it's very much like a battle every time you go out and then the other thing is it just takes a lot more time to prepare because you're putting on you know layers you got a hat you got a glove uh i've started wearing a knee brace so you know there's just like the extra time that goes in there so i cannot wait for dust to get like some days in the 40s or 50s which is perfect running weather you know you can just wear like a short sleeve tee some shorts um and eventually once you get up into the 60s 70s you don't even need the shirt so yeah uh it's only February 11th. I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but that's that's what I'm looking forward to. And speaking of looking forward to, here uh, at the Bean Tom Podcast, it's our fifth annual Pledge Drive Telethon fundraiser announcement. I have decided that that is going to be in two weeks. Uh, on Friday, February 25th, so mark your calendars. I think we're shooting for 5 p.m. or so. Uh, in years past, I've tried to do that in like the middle of a Saturday in February. And I know that's a tough time, and I I know Friday at 5 p.m. isn't necessarily any better, but my hope is like, hey, you finish work, you know, before you kind of hunker down for your Friday night plans, whatever it is, like tune in quickly, give us a call. Um, I have created the GoFundMe page. I just have to... um, do the, the smaller details and then get it get it shared. But so I'll definitely be doing that this week. Um, the goal is, uh, you know, like $200 or something like that, which covers our operating costs. But as we've done the last couple of years, I am donating 100% uh, or I'm matching 100% of your donations to United Way of Chicago, which is really exciting. Uh, our Beantown Gives Back initiative. So, um, and that's, you know, this is a comedy show and I like to laugh and sometimes say random shit, but that's something that I'm very proud of. We do that every year. Uh, we'll have donor tears again. Uh, the Pledge Drive Telethon fundraiser is always a fun time for me. You, I Every year without fail, we get a call from at least one person who I'm like, I had no idea that you even like knew my show existed you know oftentimes as a person that i haven't talked to in a year two years three years sometimes and it might even it might be one of those people like we've all got those friends who are like still friends with on facebook or instagram or snapchat and they're still you know great people and like you would consider them your friend in real life but you just like haven't seen them in person or interacted with them virtually for a long time and so and this isn't you know, this isn't a negative or anything, but you kind of just like forget about them, right? Like they, they're not occupying your like day-to-day mental head headspace. And so every year without fail, I get at least one of those people in my life who, who calls into the show, which is just like so awesome because you'll see the caller ID and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that this person is supporting the show this year. Uh, so that's that really exciting. Again, our, our costs are for um, two things. One is unlimited SoundCloud hosting, 
um, which is the only way we can do it so that this show, you know, stays free for you. Um, you know, there's, there's no like paper episode or anything like that. And I get unlimited storage and then beantownpodcast.com. And yeah, I'll be the first one to tell you like, yeah, I don't, I don't use the website a ton. Uh, I'm, I'm put churning out like two blog posts a year at this point, but, um, it's still fun to have it there. And like, it's just cool to have a home for the show. Um, so yeah, go ahead and check that out and, uh, we'll have some more details this upcoming week. I'll share, our um our fundraising page on social media and stuff but yeah the fifth annual five timers club uh bean tom podcast telethon fundraiser spectacular is happening um we got the old phone ready to go and all that stuff so phone lines will be open at uh, about 5 p.m central uh on friday the 25th is what we're looking at the reason i so my weekends, and I'm not going to get into the full itinerary or schedule here, but my weekends are just, like, ridiculous um, right now. I got this weekend off, which I'm really looking forward to because I've worked the last two weekends, I think, um, or two out of the last three weekends, I think, rather. But this weekend, uh, we're doing uh, a chill. Oh, it's got some stuff to do tomorrow, but but hopefully a, a little bit of a chill day. And then Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday. And then next week is um, our anniversary weekend. So we, we're going to do stuff there. So the next two weekends are actually kind of nice. But then I work the weekend after that. Um, and then you get into March. And um, then it's no longer February, which is Pledge Drive Month. So, uh, yeah, I decided to do it on a Friday and, 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 and not, you know, my, my weekends are, are precious, valuable time, as they are for everyone, but especially going back to the outside of the show, working so much, it, that's tough. So, um, yeah, we got that Pledge Drive fundraiser coming up. Excited for that. Uh, the next thing I wanted to mention, and uh, I'll use this opportunity to just give a quick shout-out to our friends of the show, Home Pride Oregon. When you need your home inspected in Central Oregon, call Steve at 541-410-0316. He'll get you taken care of. Uh, free quotes, I think. I don't know, but he didn't authorize me to say that. So if it turns out that's not true, uh, you know, don't say anything. Uh, just email us, beantownpodcast.yahoo.com. Um, just to let us know because I just kind of threw that out there without any authorization. Uh, also, our good friends, the Samson Q2U series, Samson, S-A-M-S-O-N, when God speaks. Uh you know, whether it's the gospel, you know, did I, we've said this before, did we really need four gospel books to tell a story? That just seems kind of lame. Uh, when God speaks, he uses a Samson. And, uh, oh, our good friends Cuts by Q, I got to tell you, I, I feel like I moved through the awkward phase of my hair pretty quickly. And for me, that's when it gets like so big and long to where like you just kind of, you've been moving it off to the side, which is the Quinn Quinn look, but then at a certain point you got to commit to the slick back. Uh, and I, I say slick, I, I don't use any products or anything in my hair. I just am moving it up and back and then typically like wearing a hat when I get out of the shower, which helps it dry and stay in place there. Uh, but really it just takes like a week or two of, you know, just kind of like permanently changing the flow of your hair, if you will. I don't know how many people who are out there listening can like identify with this. Um, cause I, you know, I don't know that many people that kind of go from short hair to longer hair consistently like me because um, I, I kind of got it on rotation at this point. But it's a it's a process. And for a while, when you're like trying to move it from the side to, you know, going straight back, it just can kind of get like all over the place and stuff. But uh, I think we've 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 moved through that awkward period in the last like three weeks here pretty, pretty, 
uh, deftly, D-E-F-T-L-Y. If you will, so I'm pretty proud of that. Um, and I, I like the way that my hair is looking right now. I kind of got like a Ben Gibbard thing going on with the beanie, the hair coming out the back, a little bit of five o'clock shadow going on. So, yeah, I'm, I'm liking the look. You're going to like the way you look, I guarantee it. And I don't even remember how we got there. But um, I have had uh, done, some, done some fun things, you know, that uh, lately, the last you know week since the last recorded, which I'm happy to share about because that's, that's the toughest thing, you know, doing this podcast the last two years almost. We are almost exactly two years since the, the first shutdown here in Chicago, at least. Like, I just, we haven't had as many opportunities to be like, oh, I did this fun thing or that happened last weekend. It's been a lot more just like, Quinn's thoughts, honestly. Um, and that's not, you know, the, the show was always kind of that way, but it was a lot more like, oh, I, I'm in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, or I'm in uh, Lexington, Kentucky, like, and here's what I did here. Here's the bourbon I tried and all, yada, yada, yada. Haven't really been able to do that much uh, in the last two years. So I'm excited that uh, since the last time we talked, uh, I've been to some really cool concerts. And I also wanted to mention, because I was going to mention to this to, um, a uh, friend of the podcast, John Paul Pandowski, last night as a recommendation. I was We saw him before and after the concert. But uh, Rachel found us a great spot here in Chicago, District Brew Yards. It's out at, like, Chicago and Ashland. Um, it's it's a really cool place. Uh, one of those places where you get, like, the power card. You, you, like, trade your credit card for their card when you go in, and then you pour the beer yourself. They got four different, like, stations. Each station is a different brewery. And I don't know if those were all, like, mini like sub breweries as part of district brew yards or if they're like their own independent thing and this is just like a tap room for them i i haven't looked into it um beer aficionados in in chicagoland would definitely know i just don't but it was really cool because you can try all these different beers uh you can also order barbecue there uh the prices weren't anything crazy so it was really fun because we just went on uh Sunday afternoon and uh, kind of late in the day and, you know, had plenty of space. It's a nice indoor space. We played some categories. We got to try all sorts of different beer. I uh, had some chicken tenders. It was just like uh, a nice, like, Sunday afternoon sort of thing where it's not your traditional, like, okay, let's find a restaurant to sit down and eat dinner at. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was a good time. So District Brew Yards, definitely check it out next time you get the chance uh, in Chicago. And then I also mentioned at the outset that I've gotten to go to some concerts lately. And really, I, I could probably count on one hand all the concerts I've been to in the last two years. The last thing I did before COVID was like late January 2020. I went and saw Ben Gibbard at Talia Hall, a solo acoustic set, which was just like my dream. So that was really fun. And then with COVID, didn't really see very many people at all. I don't remember if I saw... I'm sure I saw one or two artists last um, last summer. Like we went and saw a Fleetwood Mac cover band in Aurora, for example. And there's probably one or two other concerts I'm forgetting about. But then, um, really, like my first time back in like a regular concert environment was when uh, I went and saw uh, Bleachers with my college roommate Sam uh, here in Chicago. So that was really cool. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, um, the last six days gotten to see two amazing acts so there's a little bit of backstory to this uh but i i'll just tell you straight up in case you don't know saturday night united center i saw elton john um which was amazing uh i've ended up finding tickets that weren't egregious 
Uh, and by that, I mean like all taxes and fees and all the Ticketmaster shit included. It was like 90 bucks, which I'm not going to sit here and say like, oh, yeah, it was a cheap ticket. But like it's Elton John. OK. And he's on his good farewell tour. Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. So the backstory behind that is that this tour started in 2018. OK. Which is a long time ago for a tour. And uh, I was living in Baltimore at the time, and I bought a ticket for uh, Philly, Wells Fargo Arena, uh, because I lived in Baltimore and was and spending most of the time working in Philadelphia. So I, I bought a ticket for fall of 2018, and then I ended up having my working territory reassigned from Pennsylvania out to Illinois, which was great uh, for a whole bunch of reasons, but it also meant that I had to sell my Elton John ticket, and uh, you know I didn't get to see Elton. So fast forward, what, three and a half years later, COVID happens, tour pauses, and Elton's back. He actually played the United Center on, on the Friday night also, but I got to see him on Saturday night. It was amazing, great set. Um, yeah, there's really not much else to say. Like, he had the OGs with him. Uh, he had David Johnston. He had Nigel Olsen, Ray Cooper. Um, obviously, D. Murray passed away many, many years ago, so he's, you know, rest in peace. But other than that, like, it was there. He played all the hits. He even played a couple deep tracks. If you're curious, he played um, Have Mercy on the Criminal from Don't Shoot Me. I'm only the piano player. And uh, he played another really deep cut. Um, let me try to look it up right now um, that I really liked. Elton John, Setless. The thing with those is, like, there are the songs that are great, but he plays them every single concert. So I wouldn't say that they're phoned in, but they're just very tight, right? There's not a lot of like, there's not always the most like passion or energy in them. Um, you know, songs like Benny and the Jets, or I guess what, that, that's why they call it the blues or like Crocodile Rock. Those are great songs, but he plays them every single time. So what I love about these deep cuts is that you don't hear them very frequently and so he really gets to unload uh, into them so i mentioned have mercy on the criminal he also played take me to the pilot which is an old elton john song but like a great rock song uh he played border song pretty early on which is from his second album i think uh that's a hell of a, a song it's a cover i don't remember who wrote it originally but that's a really good one and then uh oh uh, burn down the mission which I just i couldn't believe that he would choose to play that song live from tumbleweed connection great song uh, and then the last thing I'll say, my not my favorite, but the, the funniest part of this concert to me was he, he comes back out for his encore. And the first song he plays is Cold Heart, uh, which, if you don't know, is like a remix with Dua Lipa. And um, he it, it's like a number one, um, you know, a number one song, et cetera. And so you, you kind of have to play it at the concerts. Right. But it's just like. It's just like a song that is basically him and a drum beat, like him singing, but not even most of it. He only sings like here and there. The rest of it is like Dua Lipa. And so the band wasn't out for it. So he honestly, like they just start playing the track and he's just like sitting at the piano, like clapping, trying to get the crowd into it. Cause this is literally like a number one hit from the last year. Um, if you don't know, Cold Heart essentially combines four Elton John songs, Rocket Man, um, uh, Sacrifice, I think, uh, Where's the Shura, which is a very deep cut from uh, Blue Moves, perhaps, and 
another song that I'm forgetting right now, but it's just like a like a mashup, like a glee mashup, a mix, a remix of those. Uh, but it's mostly just like synth and a drum beat. So he's just kind of sitting there clapping, singing every once in a while. Um, that was an interesting part of the concert, but I guess you have to play it. I don't know. So that was Elton John got to see him at the United Center. It was a total biatch getting there and getting back. Uh, honestly, trying to get out there on the weekends. It's so like you, you, there's, there's no real direct route to take, right? You got to take two buses or a bus and a train, or in my case, going down there, a bus and walking, um, coming back a bus to a bus and then walking another half mile. It was just like, that is not my favorite thing to do, but uh, it made it. And I'm so glad I went because it's Elton John, right? And then uh, last night, Rachel and I, after work, got some drinks and some supper, and then we got to go see the War on Drugs at the Chicago Theater. They have two two shows at the Chicago Theater last night and tonight, both sold out, and uh, they were spectacular. They played for a solid two hours. Um, they're obviously very musically talented, uh, but they just love to jam. And great show, great energy. Um, we had box seats, which was really cool. And the most impressive part about this whole concert is that um, their bass player, Dave, who's been with the band since they started, he was sick, which is unfortunate. So they had a substitute bass player, and I knew it when they started playing because the you know substitute bass player didn't look anything like their regular bass player. And then they, you know, he talked, Adam, uh, the lead singer, talked about it a little bit, you know, kind of in between songs. But I was actually talking to Rachel about it on our walk home. I was like, so I wonder what happens, you know, when when someone from the band, someone integral, like the bass player goes out, you know, and can't play. Like, what what do they do? Where do they pull that person from? Do they have, like, understudies like they would in in a theater production that, like, travel with the band? How does that work? And uh, so I spent some more time researching it this morning, and be- you get this: their tour manager knows how to play the bass, uh, isn't a professional musician; he's a professional tour manager, and subbed in for their entire two-hour set. And you may or may not be from very familiar with War on Drugs songs, but they they are not like a four-four time signature, one-four-five bass progression type of band. It, it like he he killed it. He he was amazing, and obviously he knows all the songs. Um, but I I I would have a hard time believing that he's like spent any significant time playing with the band um, outside of probably like a rehearsal that day. Um, so it's just like, I mean, that blew me away. I I can't believe he did that. I'm sure they they tailored and adjusted the set list to a certain degree um, to be able to do that successfully. But that was just so cool uh, that they brought in a backup bass player who's their tour manager and he played their entire set. So that was really cool. My hats off to those guys. If you don't know the war on drugs, they're a, excuse me, a, like an indie rock band from Philly formed all the way back in like mid two thousands. Uh, if you know the artist, Kurt Vile, he was one of the founding members and he left the band pretty shortly after they got going. But they they had kind of uh, they had their their debut album and then their second album they started to get some traction and then their third album which is from like two thousand oh man I don't like fifteen maybe um, made it pretty big and then their their fourth album which was from two thousand seventeen won the Grammy uh, for for um, rock album of the year which is awfully impressive and then their most recent album they uh, they dropped last year which I really like uh, definitely go give it a listen it's called I don't live here anymore. 
uh, really powerful lyrics. Um, unfortunately, Adam, the, the band, uh, sort of Adam is the guy, basically, um, the singer and, and really does the lead guitar. He had a lot of depression back in like the late 2000s, early 2010s. Uh, and I'm hoping he's doing a lot better these days, but that led to some really powerful songwriting. And, uh, he's gotta be one of the better guitarists that I've ever seen play in my life. Uh, he, he's one of those people who just can like do whatever he wants on the guitar and it just flows naturally. And that's really cool to see. Uh, as you can imagine at a two hour set, you get some really cool stuff. So great light show, great production, uh, band was very much in sync and all that stuff, which is very impressive considering the, the bass player was out. So, uh, yeah, definitely go check them out. Uh, you know, if you get the chance to see them at a concert, even if you don't know their stuff super well, I would highly encourage it because they're just a very talented group. Uh, but if you're just looking to listen to some of their stuff, go check out um, Under the Pressure, which is probably my favorite song by them. Change was off their most recent album. I really like that one. Red Eyes is one that a lot of people know. So, yeah. See if you can find a live version of Under the Pressure of Under the Pressure because it won't quite give you the full picture of what it was like last night. But man, that was like a spiritual experience. It's over ten minutes long, you know, when they play it live, like twelve or thirteen minutes. Starts from a tiny little kernel, turns into like the biggest roaring lion, comes all the way back to the, the tiniest little, you know, nothing. By the end he's on his knees, physically changing the pedals with his hands and strumming with the other hand, and it's just like a wave of sound. It's amazing. So that was the War on Drugs. I, I, I'm i so happy that we got to see them last night. So, yeah, I've, I've seen Elton John and the War on Drugs in the last six days, um, two of my absolute favorites. Um, yeah, I mean, Elton John is one of the greatest of all times, obviously, but then you've got the War on Drugs who have won a Grammy. So, like, these are these are pretty big uh, big names. And doing getting to do at United Center and Chicago Theater that was that was awesome. Um, my last thing here today, and, and we'll wrap it up pretty soon here, because um, I'm going back to work. I'm on my lunch break right now, but the Super Bowl is tomorrow, the end of the NFL season. Um, it feels uh, it, it feels like it's been like football has been over. Like I'm not saying there hasn't been Super Bowl Super Bowl hype or talk because there definitely has, but I don't know. It's kind of interesting. I think just the teams being lower profile this year um and also the fact that this is the first year in a long time in my just from like my personal feelings about it that there hasn't been like a a clear team to root against in the super bowl in fact i'll pull up past super bowls um super bowl results but you know i i feel like pretty much in the last 20 years when we're talking super bowls you've either had like the Patriots to root against. Uh, Okay, I got the list here. So just going back, like last year is Tampa Bay versus Kansas City. That was a game where I wanted them both to lose, right? Brady jumps ship to a new team, goes to the Super Bowl as a wild card, or the Chiefs are back in it again. And it's like, F that. Like the year before you had Kansas City versus San Francisco. That was kind of similar to this year um, because – you know those those were two teams that hadn't been it in a while in in it in a while particularly Kansas City but um, I I'm not a huge Patrick Mahomes fan so I was rooting against them year before you had the Patriots in there year before you had the Patriots in there year before you had the Patriots in there then before that was probably another another one kind of like 
this year where it was Peyton Manning versus Cam Newton. Um, and that one I would have been fine with either, either. But then before that, you had New England. Before that, you had Seattle. So what I'm getting at is like this is very much a, a matchup, Rams versus Bengals, where it's like I'm going to be perfectly happy with either team winning. For the Rams, it's like you got kind of an older team, but they made the big move with Stafford. They brought in a ton of free agents this year, Von Miller, uh, OBJ, um, there's another, uh, J- Jalen Ramsey, I guess, and Aaron Donald have been there for a while, but, um, you know, they've just like put all their chips in the middle of the table. They're back in the Super Bowl after a couple of years. The last time they were there, which was what, four or five years ago, they lost to the Patriots 13 to three. It was like the worst Super Bowl of all time. And, uh, the thing with the, the, the Rams is like, they've got some shit talkers like Aaron Donald and, um, uh, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, especially he's got an attitude problem, but it's not so much like out there in, in the public eye, out there in the public eye. It's mostly just like on the field. So I really don't have too many issues with that. Um, so it's like if the Rams win. Cool. Like good for them. They went for it and it worked. If the Bengals win, it would just be like, I don't know what that, what the F is going on. I don't know what it means. They are not that good. Um, and yeah, I'm saying that as they just, you know, won three straight games in the AFC playoffs and, you know, you, you beat the best to be the best. I get it. But like, they're basically just squeaking by and I'm not taking anything away from them. I'm just saying like, there's a reason they weren't as good as the chiefs and the bills, um, and the Titans and even like the Patriots throughout the regular season. So the fact that they got here to the Super Bowl, not taking anything away from them, but it's just like it kind of inspires hope for for above-average teams everywhere. Like if the Bengals can win a Super Bowl with a terrible offensive line, a very average defense, a good quarterback, but Burrow's still learning. He's still young. He's still growing. He's not Superman. Uh, Obviously, they have good wide receivers for sure, uh, and, and Mixon is solid. But like, hey, if the Bengals can win a Super Bowl, there's no reason that the Minnesota Vikings can't win a Super Bowl. There's no reason that the Bills can't win. And the Bills, I think everyone would agree, are a better team. Um, unfortunately, they didn't get to play the Bengals in the playoffs. But it's just like, I don't, I don't know. I don't have any explanation for it. Um, they, they are just like hanging around. And I, I think the biggest thing with the Bengals is that it's getting overlooked is that they're very disciplined. They're not drawing many penalties, which makes such a difference. Um, they just like their coach, and this is coming from someone who's watched Mike Zimmer the last couple of years, isn't stupid, like knows how to manage the clock. And I know it's a lot easier to manage the clock when you're sitting on the couch watching a national television broadcast and when you're on the sidelines. But like, hey, there, there's only 32 coaches out there um, in the world. So you really should know how to manage the clock. Um so, yeah, I mean, Zach Taylor does a good job of that, as does Sean McVay for the most part. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, uh, I'm i thinking the Rams, but I would not be surprised at all if the Bengals won because I've more or less picked against the Bengals every game up to now. Um, yeah, it's just kind of weird. It's I, I, was, I was talking to my brother the other week about this. It's just strange, like, there's no Rodgers, there's no Brady, there's no Mahomes. It's just like I don't really know how to feel. Uh, I mean, I'm happy in one sense because of that, but it's also like, I don't know, sometimes it's a lot more entertaining and engaging when you have a team you're actively rooting against. 
So this one is just kind of like, I hope it's a good game. I got Super Bowl squares. Uh, it's seven for LA and zero for the Bengals. I'm really happy with that actually, because I'm feeling like a seven to zero, or a seventeen to ten, or twenty-seven to twenty is very possible um, in this game. So fingers crossed, knock on wood, all that stuff. But um, yeah, we'll see what happens. My final pick, I will take the Rams. Uh, I'll take the Rams. I can't decide. You know, everyone's thinking it's going to be a shootout. And I get that, but um, I could also just see team the the two teams being pretty like conservative in terms of their approach. And I I what I'm getting at is like I don't think either defense is going to let the other team really take the top off. Um, so I could see it being very just like the clock is always moving and the, the game ends up moving pretty quickly. Uh, so I'm going to actually take a little bit lower score than, than others might be thinking. I don't think there's going to be a lot of field goal action in this game. I'm going to say that the Rams win. Uh, I'll take the Rams 24 over uh, the Bengals 20. Uh, we'll say 20. It'll be one field goal for the Rams, two for the Bengals. Bengals got that rookie kicker, McPherson, who's pretty good. So, yeah, I could see him knocking in a couple field goals. But 24-20 Rams, my final pick. Um, I think the uh, the uh, the Bengals get off to a little bit of a lead. The Rams come all the way back, and the Bengals just can't uh, can't get it going uh, to to bring it back. So that's what I think is going to happen. But we'll see. It should be fun. And uh, I don't even know who I'm rooting for, honestly. I mean, we we already talked about all that stuff quite a bit. But like, if the Bengals win, I don't know how I'll feel because they'll just be like dumbfounded. If the Rams win, it'll just kind of be like, I'm glad Stafford got one. So. But also, Los Angeles people are very irritating to me. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, that's what I got for you, everyone. Thanks for tuning in on this uh, nice Friday. There's a little bit of sun out. The worst thing about today is I have m- uh, multiple afternoon meetings on a Friday, which should be a federal crime. But uh, Biden is yet to return my calls. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, that's what I got. So, yeah, take it easy. Stay warm. Let's get some outro music queued up. Thanks for listening to my show. Most importantly, more details coming up on the uh, Pledge Drive Fundraiser Telethon in two weeks. Thanks again. Stay safe. Stay sane. And I will check in on you next time. Bye.